0: Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, hope you're doing well. Staying safe. I say the same thing at the start every time, so you're getting used to it. Um, I am, as always, joined by Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing well and I'm staying safe. super glad to be here. (laughs) That
0: that makes me very, very happy. Uh, uh, I'm glad that you're staying safe, because if you don't stay safe, then I'm talking to myself a lot and... Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, we are here once again to review the SWPL action from the weekend. Um, and we're also going to preview the Champions League uh, on Wednesday, where Glasgow City take on Piemont United from the Republic of Ireland. So we're actually recording this a day earlier than usual. But there has been a ton of highlights gone at Campbell. And we've talked about this a couple of times at the start of this season. How much nicer is it to do a podcast when we've got lots of footage to talk about uh, on, on Monday or Tuesday night when we record?
1: It makes it a lot easier because obviously as you're saying we, we can't be in the whole country covering every single game so it's it's definitely good to be able to see these games that you've missed and see the main points and so I know a lot of teams, some will got with the goal clips which at times is all you need to see and others will give you a, sort of, a full rundown so it's, it's definitely good and like you say it makes it a lot easier for us on a Monday night for a change.
0: Yeah, Monday night special tonight. So it means you're going to be listening to this on Tuesday morning, even better. Um, so let's get straight into it, um, and we're going to start with the game that we both watched. Um, Campbell was at the Penny Car Stadium. I was watching from home before heading out myself. Uh, Motherwell now Hibernian six, um, pretty comfortable. Campbell, I think is is probably the best way of describing this one.
1: Yeah, um, I think Hibs were a better team. Obviously, they went they went great. Uh, Dean Gibson said that himself after the game. They weren't as good, probably played better actually against Spartans, he put it. But they were better against a model team that had a few players missing and had to get in a um, what's the word for the signing? It's an emergency signing. Sorry, um, with, for goal and goal with the first two choice keepers being injured, so it, it made it a lot tougher for them. And then when you're two 0 down, inside sixteen minutes to a good hip side, that's always going to be tough and. We'll have the chance to come for Hibs but it was been a good start of the season for them obviously. I mean, as I say, the two early goals, Rachel Boyle and Charlotte Potts, both of whom were very impressive. And then the time we added a third, um, halfway through the half, it was pretty much game over. Three more goals in the second half and in the end, uh, comfortable was sort of the word of it for Hibs and they'll be pleased with the result. Six goals and a clean sheet and there's not really much more they can ask for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're right to point to Charlotte Potts. First time I'd kind of seen her in full. I think for the Hibs Spartans game, uh, I was out and about, so I didn't, I didn't get to see that one, and the BBC hadn't put the highlights up yet. But we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I thought that um, Hibs were, as you say, pretty comfortable without being, without blowing me away. Um, obviously, Rachel Boyle um, scored the opener, good finish, um, and then obviously kind of two crosses for Charlotte Potts goals. Campbell, I think probably the best goal of the game was Amy Muir one, but it kind of got lost in this notion that it might have been offside, even though there was lots of players playing
1: on. Yeah, I mean, Motherwell Motherwell mother defence just seemed to stop uh, when the ball went through to Amy Muir. And I said to myself at the time, she's never offside. And then the rest of us up there covering that game all again turned to each other and was like, no, never offside. It was she ran very well from deep and mother was just saying, You can't stop, you, you need to play until the whistle goes, the whistle didn't go. And he was on three, it's a terrific finish. She, she had a really good game as well, actually. Could have been another goal in the second half, but I know some of her Hibbs teammates have found it funny the way she volleyed the ball high and wide, but it was, she was another standout player for Hibbs actually, and, as you say, a very good goal. Never offside in that one. Sort of put it beyond any real doubt for Motherwell. I mean, they didn't do too much. Laurie Gardner was impressive right enough. She did get forward at pace, but getting the ball into the box, there wasn't really too much for um, Lisa Swanson. And then... Nicole Puller to do in terms of putting the ball in the net. So it was a game where they'll be disappointed, but like we said, a few players missing. And I think Stuart Hall sort of recognises that Hibbs is going to be a bigger challenge than some of the other sides in the league for Motherwell. So disappointing, but I think it's a result that was overall expected.
0: Yeah, um, I was definitely expected a victory. I don't know if I expected 6 nothing, but definitely expected a victory. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about being on the ground on on Sunday uh, Campbell, was the performances of Colette Kavanagh and Shannon Leishman. So I think there's a very broad consensus that the hip start 11 is very good and can push towards that top end of the table, but it could be squad depth that maybe trips them up over the course of the season. I think Colette Kavanagh was one of these players that at the back end of the last season was really coming onto a game, scoring a lot of goals, It's going a little worldies, if I remember rightly as well. And Shannon Leishman was a player who was getting brought into the team during the back end of last season as well, who I thought was looking very impressive. Uh, She had good energy up and down the ring, very similar to how Amy Muir operates on the other side. Um, How do you think those two performed, obviously both getting on the score sheet in general, when you saw some of the players maybe we haven't seen a lot of before, what what was your general general assessment of them? I think both
1: were pretty impressive. I mean, Shannon... Seems tends to be right-footing. Playing at left-back is always it's not easy, but she got forward pretty well and did support the Hibs attacks. Obviously, you're seeing Amy Muir's doing it on the other side, so you're having to keep up with that, but she was she had a good game and obviously she got the, the final goal was a good finish from her. Um, Collette also had a tap-in as well for Hibs, and she's another one that was one of the players that put in that's quite a few tackles compared to... I've not seen stats, obviously, but I think she might have had probably more tackles than anybody else. She was certainly putting herself about in both. We're helping to create chances, and as you say, obviously scored, and it's Hibbs um speaking to Joel Murray after the game and she was saying that as well. They do have a lot of young players, a lot of them come off, they like young the McCaffrey come on, Adie Hanley, obviously, who's joined from um, Boromir. So it's a young squad. Um just think, Colette and Shannon are still young themselves, but uh the players that have had a couple of years experience there that these other ones haven't. But they were they were solid and just saying you can get a goal it always helps. But yeah, there was there wasn't really a bad performance at all for Hibbs. Everyone was fairly solid.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the fact that you spoke to Joelle after the game. Um so let's slide into the interview you just did with her and then we'll come back.
1: Yeah, we're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, very comfortable win, Joel. How would you sum up that match today?
0: Yeah, I think you're right, it
2: was comfortable. Um we I thought we played well in spells to be honest. Um it's a massive pitch out there, so I think we could have made better use of the space. But yeah, I think overall it was a, a comfortable win and from a kind of personal perspective, it was good to, to keep the clean sheet.
1: You can see that also very very tough conditions outside this afternoon. How pleasing do you think it was that, that early, you got that early goal, and how did that help sort of settle the team into the game?
2: Yeah, it definitely did. I think we were three 0 up within 26 minutes, so it was pleasing to get kind of the three goals in quick succession. The the con- conditions are are terrible, so we, we had to take that into consideration. But I think um, all in all, the the girls kind of handled them well.
1: Obviously you're saying scored six this afternoon, but how pleased were you as well to keep a clean sheet?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, as a defender, as a defensive unit, as a team, we, we always look to, to to build on a, a clean sheet. So
1: to do that today, um, and then go on and score six was certainly very pleasing. We also got a lot of new players in as well, a lot of young players. Is it, try to proud of them as well that they can, can you can see, they can come on here and they've got, they can really they can score and they can help try to create these chances for you.
2: Yeah, we've got we've got a, a big squad. We've got a lot of depth within the squad. Um, a lot of youngsters, a lot of promising youngsters, and you saw today that they they come on and it's it's quality for quality. So yeah, delighted for. For the players that maybe made their debut today, for the younger players, um, but yeah, I think collectively it uh, was, was a pleasing pleasing performance.
1: That's two wins from two as well, how proud are you of your start of the season?
2: Yeah, um, I think going into every game, the, the, aim, the initial aim is, is the three points um, and then on the back of that is the, the performance. And I think last week um, we wanted to kick off the season with a win um, and we certainly done so and we, we, I felt we've built on that today.
1: Obviously a lot of changes as well other clubs are around where do you think hibs can realistically try to finish this season
2: um i think i think we'll still be challenging we're quite happy to, to kind of be flying under the radar at the moment there's a lot of chat from from other clubs um, e- externally internally and i think we're we're quite happy to to kind of be going about our business quietly um, obviously there's been a, a lot of financial input in in other clubs that financial input that, that we've probably not got, but I think what we lack in that kind of um, f- financial element, I, I feel like we, we've gained um, elsewhere. So so yeah, I think a lot of people think we'll, we'll be going into the bigger games um, as underdogs, but we, we certainly have belief in our ability, um, and we're certainly going to relish the, the challenge.
0: Um, yeah, so um, one for Hibs, two wins from two, um, and it was two wins for two from Glasgow City as well. The, the table has a fairly familiar look to it um, after all the chat of the investment from Celtic and Rangers with Glasgow City top and hip second. I was at Broadwood uh, yesterday. I'm sure I wasn't the only person across the country who was enjoying the autum- autumnal conditions. Um, Glasgow City 8-4 for Farmington 1, but I mean Campbell, I, I don't think eight one, eight one one felt a little bit harsh, but at the same time you can also see where it's come from. Um, Farr Far Performance started pretty well. Um, Glasgow City took an early lead, but far Far equalised. Um, Donna Patterson, who was joking, uh, I saw on Twitter when she saw the the leading line goal scorer charts that we put out, um, that it's not very often that happens, um, and she definitely seems to be playing further up the field for Farr Far Performance this season, getting a third goal. Two um, one, uh, and then it went three one in that third goal. Um, where unfortunately minute. we actually had a decent game she made a number of saves in the second half kind of let the ball slip free and, and Kirsty it kind of capitalised um, and from there Glasgow City were pretty much in control but I would say for 40 minutes it was very much a contest uh, and then as I say unfortunately for, for, for Farmington uh, Glasgow City's extra quality really showed in the second half they, they kind of blew them away a little bit uh, but what was your take on the game from watching the highlights Campbell?
1: Yeah, no longer actually watch, no longer go watch the highlights. Um, As you're saying, you're always expecting City to be winning their home games against pretty much every team in the league. And Fordford obviously got a good win last week. Well, Fortnite goes for through against Motherwell, and as you I remember, you texting us so during the game. And again, saying they were playing pretty well and then got themselves level. So for them, they looked at it and thought, right, maybe we can get something. Obviously, it's still very early on. But to go and lose by eight, they'd be disappointed with that. But at the same time, Fordford will know, sit here they are that class above most teams in the country so it is no obviously not great but there's, there's no shame in losing to Glasgow City so it's again as you're saying two quick fire goals here just before half time and when you're going in 4-1 down that does certainly kill it off um, City had more chances so when you're seeing, obviously it's, it's the game that's put the highlights out you're going to see slightly more more City efforts um, 8 goals there, there could have been more if you want to make what you're saying that did make some cracking saves it was unlucky obviously made a couple of mistakes at the goals as well which never helped but but when you keep, if you're keeping you and make some of these good saves, he's just kept the score down. And going by what you've said for we could have another couple of goals themselves. So it's a result, I think, that was comfortable one we're all expecting some of City's big players on form again, ahead of the game of midweek. But it's good for Scott Booth, as he was saying, obviously, he kind of rates for for a bit similar to P Mount that we'll get to it later on, obviously. But um it's a comfortable win for City and one that they'll be they'll be glad to have got before that game on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, um, debut goal well, not debut goals, sorry, but uh, first goals as well for Aoife Koval and um, Maddie Fulton um, getting the score sheet. thought Joel Love was particularly good in midfield. I think when you see her playing in a preferred position as opposed to the kind of defensive role that she sometimes has to step back into, um, you kind of see the real difference in how, how good a player that she is and has been for so long. Uh, but I think uh, a wee shout-out for, well, two things, actually. First of all, uh, Billy Simpson, who scored the Puskas goal. If you saw the promo video we did, she scored it when she was playing over in Ireland. Um, I, I don't know if this is going to be a recurring theme, so if you do watch 4Farmington regularly, please let me know. But she did shoot from halfway line, um, and it did make me think of Charlie Adam. So I don't know if this is going to be something that's going to be a re- regular occurrence. I'm all for it. I I like the banter of trying to score from halfway every game. Um, I think more people should do it just for the lulls. But (laughs) she didn't score. But I thought the goal again from Rachel uh, McLaughlin-Campbell, the tweet video that got put out, she she kind of just coming from nowhere to smack it into the goal. And that was kind of how it happened in real life as well. You saw the ball bouncing out and she was running on it. And in my head, I was going, she's going to hit this and she's probably going to score. And she did. Um, Great goal um, from Rachel.
1: Yeah, it's one of these ones when you're when you're running on air ball and it sits up perfectly before you get hit it. You're always going to do it, and if you connect well, you're going to score. And it's for Mitchell. Obviously, it's give feel no chance in the fourth for goal. And again, when that's the goal that's putting you back in front, you can see how that's going to affect fourth for you. I think even from that distance, you can't kind of stop them. It's it's definitely tough against a city side packed with nationals, but it's fantastic goal. You have to imagine goal of the weekend in SWPL one at least.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine so, and I am pr- I think we're both very confident that this one was definitely intended, because I know we got a bit of heat for questioning in the last one, but definitely intended, great goal. Um, so yeah, City to go top of the table with an 8-1 victory. We will be talking about the Champions League a little bit later on, but let's move on to the league, um, and let's, i tell you what, Camel. slight change to what we just talked about in terms of order, uh, the other team with 100% record so far Rangers, uh, 1-0 win away at Spartans, Demi Vance getting her second goal in two games. Um was it offside for you? I know that was been the, the chat of, of Twitter uh, over the last kind of 24 hours or so.
1: Um, yeah, obviously, a couple of us discussed it this afternoon. Um, yeah, it's, it's, well, there wasn't really any complaints from Spartans, as you see, no one really claimed for offside. But for me, looking at it, she did look well offside, Them, I mean, Simone McMahon and Rob McCaffrey were sort of the two wide players at, at the time, for, like in the position, sorry, for, uh, for Spartans. And they came out when the ball did. Whereas Michaela McCloney and Dion McMahon didn't. So it seemed to me when the ball came in, they were the two deepest Spartan eh, defenders, and Denver Vance looked like she was behind them. It's a very good finish from it, but I mean, there's, in fact, there is no complaints. Maybe it was onside, but the angles I've looked at and haven't stopped it and paused it for when Kirsten Ray literally heads the ball, Denver Vance does look offside, but it doesn't didn't go that way. And there was still plenty of time for change, but that was obviously the only goal, and Rangers will be delighted to start their new season with two wins from two.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's good that we can have this little bit debate about this goal because, I, yeah, it's hard for me to tell with the angles that are available on, on the shot. Uh, I, I, Campbell sent me the screenshots he's talking about and I can absolutely see um, where he's coming from in that regard as well. So, yeah, it's a good to have that a bit of debate. Um, I think for me, the lack of appeals I found a bit weird, but at the same time, I can see why a lot of people think it might have been given the angles that are available and I saw there was a bit of tweet noise about it as well. Uh, but, yeah, two wins from two. They have, and obviously they beat Hearts 5-1 and we'll come into Hearts in a wee second. 1-1 um, against Spartans. I, I, I'm probably right in saying, Campbell, that people probably expected more than that, but I think you shouldn't underestimate what beating Spartans means for uh, Spartans who are a very well-established SWPL one side.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was 3-1 to Rangers a few weeks ago in a preseason friendly that they played and you would maybe think it was something similar in a game there where Rangers weren't clinical enough, but Spartans um a couple weeks ago again against Hibs who you look put six past Motherwell and then they only struggled to beat Spartans but two goals to once I mean it's never an easy place to play either Ainsley Park so it's it's a win for Rangers but as I've got to say I mean Spartans coming out of defeat plenty positive signs for them and teams may think they're going to beat these teams comfortably but like you're saying there Spartans on a side that have are well established have been there before they were one of the last teams to beat Glasgow City over the last few years as well I mean there's certainly no mugs and I mean. Playing like this, it's tight defeats if I do these two sides. If pick up points against the likes of Hibbs, Rangers, Celtic, even City to the extent, then there's obviously no reason why Spartans can't go and challenge for that top forward. But it's there's a point to start on paper, but there's certainly plenty of positive signs there for, for Dave McAuliffe to take.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think Spartans are definitely the team that should not be underestimated in that those teams who are looking to push for the, the top end in the Champions League in title spots. Um, last game of the weekend which was the first of the weekend was Hearts now Celtic 10 um, uh, the BBC have put up highlights of this game um, let's talk about the score first of all not great for Hearts Campbell um, as I said when they played Rangers 5-1 was probably fair maybe a little bit kind that they managed to score given that they didn't really have much opportunities going forward but that, that's that got to sting a lot um, 10-0 defeat especially at home and um,
1: and Celtic really bouncing back from that defeat to Glasgow City? Yeah. Um, we kept Celtic pretty quiet for the first half of the first half, and then when you lose three goals in five minutes, that's, at any level, that's going to impact your confidence. That certainly did not help them. And then another goal right on half time is always a bad time concede, so when you're going in 4 nothing down, it's not going to be easy for Hearts. And then Celtic just saying they want to bounce back after losing to City, which is a tough game for them, but one they would have looked at is, thinking we can go and get something from this. So the fact they didn't be able to bounce back and in the end they were, they were pretty emphatic about it. There was some cracking goals in this game as well actually. Anita Marcos' finish was not quite sure how she did it but it was a cracking goal from the corner and Celtic was just saying 10 goals. It is harsh and harsh, it's not a great goal line to want to look at but it's perfect actually. the City defeat for them fantastic result for them that I'm sure Brian Alonso will be buzzing with.
0: Yes, um, Natalie Ross and Kathleen McGovern both getting doubles, um, and as you mentioned, Anita scoring her first goal for the club, as did Teagan Bowie, so uh, there's obviously lots of other goal scorers They scored 10, so we're not going to ring them all off, um, but I think we do need to address um, the situation with the coverage on Sunday morning, Campbell, so for those who are listening maybe weren't aware, Hearts vs Celtic was advertised as being live at 11 o'clock on the BBC Sport website on Wednesday, um, there was very little noise. There was, a, I think there was a follow-up tweet on the Thursday. Um, and then from there, there was nothing. And it kind of started to trickle out on the Saturday that the game might not be going out live. Um, there was still no communication from it from the VC, but then the two clubs tweeted something, out either in replies or independently, saying that the game wasn't going to be streamed any longer. The situation behind it is not great. Um it's, it certainly feels like it's not been given the due care and attention that it would be getting given for other sports and games, potentially. Um, it's a bad look, Campbell, for me. Uh, they made a, they quite rightly, and this is what I tweeted out as well, they quite rightly got a lot of plaudits for picking up a game a week for the SWPL. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity. We know that people that are involved, that some of the people involved in that are really passionate about it. Stuart Mitchell, friend of the podcast, uh, was obviously the kind of frontline commentator for it. It's not good enough, man. Um, I am being very measured in how I, how I give my opinion, um, but yeah, not good enough, Campbell.
1: No, I mean, the bother is not with the game being off. The bother is the fact that nothing was said. It had been promised, like you said, there was going to be a game and then there was a few angry folk that have turned up to watch a game on a Sunday morning and then couldn't. There had been no explanation of it. SWF had to put something out obviously later in the afternoon as they did but the fact they're nothing from BBC who were obviously the chief broadcaster for it is really disappointing. Um, I think Named probably gave it just as well as it was not the televised because it's just saying you never really want to watch a team getting thrashed but if you're deciding that your game's not getting put on then just tell us that's the main problem with it and the fact they it didn't is extremely disappointing and it's not what you want when you're trying to grow the game.
0: No, it's not. Um, and I think that the thing about it as well for me was, so I had a few people come and ask the, the Leading the Line Twitter account, follow at Leading the Line, if you if you ever have any questions or what you know about women's football in Scotland. And uh, I, I didn't know the answer. My initial answer was, oh, it's going ahead as normal. And then it kind of started to snowball from there that it might not be. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my big beef with this situation is, you know, it's not great, the game didn't go on. I think if that had happened... Uh, And it was announced at Selby It was a lack of communication about something that has had a captive audience. You had Hearts fans, maybe, as you say, quite thankfully they didn't watch it, but Hearts fans who probably woke up on Sunday morning, a little bit groggy, still feeling very proud to be a jambo, who might have tuned in to watch Hearts. And you had Celtic fans who didn't have a Celtic game to watch until later in the afternoon. Perfect chance for them to build up to the semi-final if that's what they wanted to do. And they couldn't do it. Um, now there was as I say there was highlights put out but when you consider what was the proposition in terms of what was going to be covered to what the output was which was two minutes worth of goal highlights and as I said and when I tweeted it out a very poor uh, attempt at a match report it just it's frustrating it's annoying it's it's not good enough. I think that's that's maybe where I need to leave it, Campbell. Not good enough. But for Celtic, good win and it's one that helps them bounce back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a game that folk would have watched. It's one I'd have missed most of it, having to travel through air at the time. But it's a game just people would have wanted to see it, and then we know with no reason why we're told like right, you can't watch it. So that's disappointing. But like you say, it's a great result for Celtic, and they all look to build on that when they got... A couple of interesting fixtures coming up over the next few weeks, so it's it's good for them to get the three points. Having lost obviously that City game, Hearts things are they're not great, and hopefully they can they can bounce up and get some positive results over the next few weeks. Yeah, so I mean next
0: weekend in terms of games in SWPL one, and I'm vamping here as I get them up because. I- I thought I had them in the top of my head but I now don't have them um, but I have now got them <laughs> Celtic are home to Spartans who we've just talked about it's four for Farmington against Hearts uh, Motherwell play Glasgow City and the game is on BBC Alba is Hibernian against Rangers and Campbell I am planning to go through that one, provided everything lets me do it fingers crossed in that and I think that's probably the biggest game, I know Glasgow City Celtic got a big, big hype but I think this is the most interesting game of the season so far
1: yeah, I mean, Hibs are a side of that of the, so there's a lot of change every year and the fact that they've won their first two games, is they convincing yesterday. But their next three are against um, Rangers, Glasgow City and Celtic, who are the three sides that you'd expect them to be challenging with. So it's it's definitely been interesting how they step up. Rangers got a win, but it just been a very convincing against Spartans. So it's been interesting how they go back to Ainsley Park again. And probably a step up for Spartans, not much maybe, but against a good Hibs side, so it will be a very intriguing game. And that uh, um, I'll maybe catch the second half of, depending on where I'm for other games, but it's the one one I'm sure you'll enjoy. So will the uh, BBC Alba viewers?
0: Yeah, and I tell you what, Campbell, let's 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 do our due diligence here. BBC Alba provide right, you can get get over the facts in Gaelic. That's part of the contractual rights of having the game in the BBC Alba broadcast. BBC Alba do a good job of covering women's football in Scotland. They actually do a great job. They not only use our platform for covering games, but I don't know about you, Campbell, but I thought particularly as well during when they were covering the Bundesliga, they were great at their halftime features where they talk talk to people within the women's game. Um, I think it's great and it gives that extra level of knowledge to anybody watching. So for me, Campbell, I mean, BBC Alba get a pat in the back uh, for their coverage in terms of how they cover the women's game in Scotland.
1: I definitely mean the two Scotland games also over the course of the last week. We're also there in the Glasgow City game midweek and then Hibs at the weekends again. There's there's plenty of games up and coming. I don't speak Gaelic, I mean Munko does, but I don't fancy with him translating for 90 minutes. So it's it's one that people, most people won't speak the language, but you don't, speak, you don't need to listen to people commentating at games either, do you? So I mean, who really cares what language it's in, as long as it's a good game you're watching, you're not going to be too bothered.
0: I mean, I've started taking uh, doing Gaelic on Duolingo. Of um, course, <laughs> yeah, of course, I've. <laughs> um, and we also put yeah. our signboards out as well. I have got it like I have this like idea in my head, which I have spoken to Derek Mackay, who is a commentator on uh, BBC. To try and get some kind of soundboard together, I haven't quite we haven't quite cracked it yet, but maybe we will get it together at some point this season. But yeah, um, so yeah, big games next weekend. Um, but yeah, SWPL one, uh. Kind of going as we expect it at the moment, but we're always up for a wee shock. And uh, speaking of shocks, is that the right word, Campbell? It's definitely speaking of like blockbuster entertainment. Um, SWPL two. Let's let's start at New Douglas Park where you were. I refuse to call it whatever name it goes by these days. Um, New Douglas Park. Hamilton Aki's one. Glasgow Women two. Do you want to break down this game for us, Campbell? Um.
1: Yeah. Trips across from to Hamilton get soaked. Had a McDonald's. I was delighted for her with the the gap in between these kickoffs and then the time actually managed to sit down at the Fountain of Youth Stadium. I'll go with New Douglas Park as well. Um, it was it was a horrible afternoon for a game of football, but it was an enjoyable game to watch. And Akies are obviously one of the teams everyone looks at, but you've got to start with Glasgow. When they were they were excellent from start to finish in this game yesterday. They made a few changes from the last time I'd seen them. Obviously, it was against Dublin Union the first game. Disappointing result for them against Queens Park last week, but. They can back out here and see, they really deserved their three points. Um, Caitlin Canavan, put them ahead in 13 minutes. She was really impressive as well. was constantly running at players and trying to beat them with the ball and create these chances. And it was a good one too with Susie McTaggart or Wyatt. I'm not sure what she wants to be called at the, the minute. But it was a great one too. And then it's a fantastic finish for Caitlin as well. And Hamilton, didn't you know, really do much. Dion Brown had a chance. I think it was 35 minutes in it was the first real effort on goal. She put it over the bar and Glasgow women looked comfortable. And then I mean, Ellie Cain broke the offside trap before half time. It's a cracking finish when Chloe Gibney came racing. I just love the ball over her and it one all at half time with the experience have, you're maybe thinking, right, they could go on and take this here. But again they came in the second half and Hamilton were really, really poor. Glasgow were not. And they were they were chasing everything. They're making then the subs they were bringing on you see the players they dressed the likes, Abby McDonald and that on the bench as well. Taylor Hamill obviously came off. And then Direct running from her as well, brought down Rachel Ross, who was the last defender. She was on a straight red card. And then that's from a free kick 30 yards out. I think, right, can they make this count? And Taylor certainly did. I mean mean, Rachel McLaughlin's goal was good. I personally had this one ahead of it. I know some folk are maybe saying the keeper could have saved it. But it's, it was a rocket of a free kick from Taylor, 35 yards, right in the top corner. And my excited text to some folks, including yourself, what a um, could try to tell just how good a goal it was, and it was totally deserved for Glasgow. When they they just took they just took control of the game in a way that Aki's didn't, and you can't have any complaints with them not taking the three points. And having seen them twice this season, saying so they've going forward, they look a really really exciting side defensively. They haven't been troubled too much, which makes the defeat last week all the more surprising. But it's it's a great way for them to bounce back. A long trip to Dundee to face United in midweek, but it's a performance that. They, necessarily, they were by far the best side and totally deserved the three points they got and what a way it was to win it
0: Yeah and uh, you spoke to Taylor after the game um, to kind of get her thoughts on the goal and how the team played in general and this is what she had to say
1: um, Obviously it's a win but we have to start with your goal How do you feel after scoring that?
3: Oh I'm absolutely ecstatic, I'm so buzzing um, but like just the feeling when it went in to get the three points in the last minute of the game it's always gonna be amazing.
1: You came here obviously thinking Akis are one of the favourites for the league but you're probably on the better side I think for most of the game. So I mean how proud are you at the side?
3: I'm so proud of the girls and um, we came here with a game plan and stuck to it. We won our individual battles all over the park and um we deserved the three points to be fair.
1: You were ahead as we're saying one 0 and obviously Akis got the goals before half time, but I mean what is it how like, what does that show about your team character that you come back to win that game?
3: Yeah, we've got a lot of bounce-back ability. Of course, like last week, we um, we lost to Queens Park, um, unfortunately, but we knew this was a game to to come and, and make a stamp on the league. Aki's are obviously great favourites for the for the league and. Rightly so, they're a great team, so we knew it'd be tough, um, and it just feels really good to to get the win against such a good team.
1: A disappointing result last week's home, and for you to bounce back three points today.
3: Oh, it's so important to bounce back, even for like the the positivity in the team. Obviously, it was really down in the week, um, even building up to this game. But if we came here, we knew that a bounce back was was imperative, um, so we're, we're buzzing at it that it's got over the
1: line. You've got a trip to Dundee in midweek as well. You're looking forward to that game and how do you think you can see you get some points against United?
3: Yeah, it should be a good game. It'll be a good watch. Um, a tough game again. Obviously, this league's tough. Every game, you know, you're going in um, thinking you know, it could go either way, but we'll hope to stick to our game plan again and um, win the battles and we should come with a good outcome.
0: Yeah, Campbell, so I, I haven't seen this one yet. Um, the highlights haven't gone up yet from Mackeys, but they will go up because they always do it, Um So that's not a problem at all but I think probably what I would like to get your take on is um, we've, we've talked about Glasgow women. I know I've written about Glasgow women as well already this season. And um, you've done a piece for the website about your kind of first look at Hamilton Acquis in the flesh. What well, what was your take on it then? Cause I think me and you and other people have expected, as you say them to, to definitely be in the promotion hunt, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's kind of gone right. And listening to Gary Dr. after the game, he, he didn't seem to really feel like it's going, going well for them at the moment. Is there anything that you saw that kind of,
1: could maybe explain that at all? The fact you're missing football for, for so many months is obviously tough, but other sides have come back and they're all coping well with it and playing really well. The I mean, the haven't in any of the three games this season. The first two, they've got away with it against uh, Boromir and Kilmarnock, but they didn't this time. I mean, I've been so used to seeing them in a sort of four-three-three formation over the last few years. And yesterday they lined up the 4 one one which just didn't seem to work. Um, Amy Anderson, as we're saying, usually, later the year last year, is usually in control in midfield, but she was the one sort of sitting. And then with the four going forward, you weren't seeing enough out wide from the likes of Ellie Kane until she scored. When you're so used to seeing, the hard and MT Gardner bombing up and down these flanks, the fact MT wasn't playing until the second half either. But it, it was still a really strong side that he's had. And you see the players they're bringing off the bench, they should really be doing better than they were. But that formation didn't seem to suit them. Once they changed to 4-3-3, they played a wee bit better but again they weren't really creating too much I think mean, Lauren Evans should just go and put a shot over the bar but they just they didn't seem to get going they weren't creating enough there's just there just seems to be a real lack of confidence in them and when you've got a Glasgow women's side too were chasing everything and they were sort of encouraging each other on you would get if someone did something wrong they'd be told but it'd be encouraging criticism and everything this is positive in Glasgow women whereas Aki's were getting frustrated with the referee were getting frustrated with each other some of the players then getting frustrated with the coaching stuff. It just, just wasn't a their afternoon. And as much as you can sit there, we can say poor Hamilton were, but I think Glasgow women deserve so, so much credit for the way they played. So, I mean, yes, I think Aki's themselves know just how bad they've been. Um, I mean, we, love, we don't want to sit and slide teams off, but I think we'll tell them as well, not being up to the standard we're used to. But Glasgow women were really, really excellent. And it's a win that, as I say, they totally deserved on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, um, so yeah, I I, I think you've summed it all up, and obviously when the highlights go up, um, I'll make sure I retweet the the, the leading line uh, Twitter account, like I usually try and do, Um, but while Hamilton kind of stuttered a little bit at the start of this season, Aberdeen have been rampant, Campbell, um, 5-1 win on Sunday against Queen's Park, they have had a super strong start of the season, 18 goals. Uh, 15 have been scored by a combination of Francesca Ogilvie, Eva Thompson, Bailey Hutchison and Ailey Shore. So much so that the current leading the line goal scorer charts just has Aberdeen players on it, which, you know, other teams step up, um, that'd be that'd be helpful. Um, good win for them, but I think probably we were just talking about before we started recording, only gripe is Aberdeen is the only team that we have not really seen any highlights from this season. There's, I know there's a couple of things that have kind of gone out via... Kind of tweets via Red TV for the odd goal, but um, yeah, get the highlights out there so we can all have a real look at them. Because what we are both aware of, which is why we spoke to Mark last week as well, is that with Aberdeen being a little bit further north, we are don't have as many opportunities to see them. And I think we both would like to see them. I know we're both aiming to uh, this coming weekend, and um, because of the fast start they've made,
1: yeah. Um, Ben McDonald is one that was up there covering that game on Sunday, and speaking to him in the first half. I mean, he was saying Queen's Park were arguably the better side and playing pretty well, but Aberdeen get the goals before half-time, um, but he take the lead and then two quick goals at the start of the second half, kills it off again. Um, It's, it's a fantastic start this evening. You're scoring 18 goals in three games. You can't really complain at all. Emma Hunter, though, was saying, it wasn't the most comfortable afternoon in hard words. I mean, that kind of shows you, to the high standards that Aberdeen are expecting, but Aberdeen and Queen's are obviously two of the sides to have come up. And for Aberdeen to be winning as comfortable as the agency in this season, it shows them maybe that's sort of the gap they've got ahead of some of the other sides. They've got no pressure. There wasn't any expectation on them to come up and be challenging at the top of the table. So the fact that they can play with that freedom has certainly helped them early doors. Teams will now look at them as more of a scalp. But three games played, three wins, top of the league. I don't think you can really complain about anything there. And it's, again, a very, very comfortable afternoon for Aberdeen as well.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely, and um, they have a couple of interesting games coming up, um, obviously playing Glasgow Women on Sunday. Uh, there is midweek fixtures at the moment, and they're scheduled to play St. Johnson, and let's move on to their game at to Perfect Thistle. Uh, there were some scenes at the end of the Glasgow Women game. There were some scenes last weekend. Campbell, we also had some scenes in some games this weekend. Um, we love scenes. Um, I think it's fair to say. We prefer scenes. Give us more scenes. If you score a win in the last minute, we want to see you go to onto. Um, uh, and I think it's probably, uh, let's be honest, Campbell, I think I was a little bit surprised to see St. Johnson win 3-2 against at Thistle, but looking at the highlights,
1: they've obviously been uh, worth the win. Definitely. I mean, we saw Thistle last week, and if they'd been more clinical, they could have beaten United. They played, it was a good game. They played pretty well. You saw St. Johnston, who then needed a last-minute goal to beat a Stirling Union side to, hadn't impressed us the previous week. But to go there, and the fact they led twice, and we're back twice have forgiven them right that wasn't their day but obviously Morgan Steadman's in scored the goal with two minutes to go and it's it's a fantastic win for St. Johnston um, two late winners for two games the fact obviously the first game was delayed has probably given them that extra hunger to then go and perform in these two games and take maximum points they certainly have done that great resilience to retake the lead three times and in, in, in reality it's just another fantastic result for St. Johnston and obviously playing Aberdeen in midweek that could be an interesting game it's a long trip obviously for them on a, a Wednesday night but very impressive start of the season, and one that another side that we we'll hope to get to see over the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out for Emma Craig's goal for part of this as well. I thought that was a really good strike, but yeah, Aberdeen and St. Johnson only two times with 100% records at the moment. Um, so yeah, if, um, really interesting game this midweek. Hopefully, somebody will be there to kind of let us know the lowdown on it um, and kind of let us know, but yeah, good results, St. Johnson. And as we see, part of this one, another one of on the sides. Tip for the top that haven't quite got for the going yet, I think, so far this season, it's fair to say. Um, and let's talk about scenes again. <laughs> Barnaby or Thistle against Kilmarnock at Megatland. Uh, two sides looking to get their um, first points of the season. one now win for Kilmarnock. A uh, header from Lauren Neal, I think it was the 88th. Oh, was it injury time? I'm losing track a little bit. Uh, 88, right the, 88, was it 88, yeah. <laughs> in the 88th minute. Um, more scenes. Again, we love scenes. Please go to to more. More scenes means it's, it's better for us. Um, um, important for Kamara to get that win underneath the belt. And I suppose for Boromir, it's comforting to see that the, the result of last week hopefully isn't going to be a regular occurrence.
1: Yeah, um, we are better than last week going by the scoreline, but ultimately it's another defeat. For Kelly, obviously, it was tough for them to lose it late last week. So to get a late winner this turn, they'll be delighted with that. I mean, you look at their fixtures with Boromir away there and then hosting still in uni in midweek there's two winnable games and two that Kelly would look at for two games to take six points from. Maybe not convincing here, but again, it seemed to be another game where they had the pressure just without making it count. I've said before, I think Kelly just lacked that, like that sort of creativity and the killer touch that would maybe help them kill off games earlier, but if you win, you win, and that's all that really matters for them. It's a great header from Laura to win the game late on for them. I know they had a few injuries and obviously picked up another one where Lauren Chisholm's fractured three ribs and it was... Seen the vid did look really sore. Taking the knee to the rib was always going to hurt you, obviously, so hopefully she's back fit soon. But for Kilmarnock, it's a great three points for them, and they look to build on that again when Stirling a visit them on Wednesday. And if you can take six points from your first three games, they've got to be pretty happy with that. And listen to Andy Gardner after the game, he was also delighted with it. So it's a good win for Kilmarnock. Not convincing, but as you say, three points, and they hope to build on that way. Um, another win in midweek.
0: Yeah, uh, and hopefully for Burrenmuir, it's a case of growing into the season um, as it as it progresses. They have got some talented youngsters, obviously. Arie Hanley had moved from Burrenmuir to Hibs, and she made her, her debut for Hibs at the weekend. But they still got players like Tiki Browning uh, available. So, yeah, hopefully uh, picking up points as, a, as the season goes along. Uh, final game: Dundee 93, three, Stirling University one. Um, Goals from Robin Smith, Holly Napier and Jay McLaren again for Dundee United. Um, Sean McPhail will probably score the the pick of the goals uh, for Stirling University, though it is uh, another defeat for them.
1: Yeah, United, as we've seen, we know they can score. And when you go a goal down in 12 minutes, you're not going to be going to feel the worst, if you want to say that. So for Stirling to react within the next minute or two, it's exactly what they'd wanted. It's, it's a great goal for Shannon McPhail, despite what Graham Hart tells us. The keeper, I can't really see it being at fault at all. It's a fantastic strike. Great goal to level it. United then, it's a good goal as well from Holly Napier to put them back in front. And then Jair again, scoring. So 3-1 up. fairly really comfortable in the end, I think. The fact United are sharing these goals around, I think that's now about six or seven different scorers from the first three games. So that will certainly please Gavin Beath. And it's, it's the first win of the season to become later than they would have hoped. Fact they threw it away against Aberdeen and like Thistle so they thought they could also put it up full points last week. So United just be happy to get those first win. That first win, sorry, Sterling. Um, obviously they've not started well. Three defeats isn't great, but there's signs of improvement from the side that we watched in the first week. Lost it late last weekend. Here it's taking some good team goals from United to beat them. But for United they'll be they'll have aspirations to challenge up the top of the league this season. So to get that win they'll be delighted with it and then. It should be a good game as well, actually, midweek with them in Glasgow women. So it'll be intriguing to see how that one goes um, up in Dundee.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. As you say, um, midweek fixtures we have this weekend, which is another reason why we're doing the podcast on a Monday night, because we're going to try and do a post-Champions League midweek fixtures one uh, at the back end of this week. But um, in terms of those fixtures, uh, as we've mentioned already, it's Aberdeen, St Johnston and Dundee United against Glasgow women. Uh your this will host Queen's Park, and it's Kilmarnock against Dillon University on Wednesday. And as we discovered today, uh, part of this against Hamilton Ackeys is now on Thursday night um, at down at Lockinch, um, which I've got a piece up about um, from my visit the other, the other week uh, up on the website. But yes, yeah, so we've got magic fixtures and then we have fixtures at the weekend. Fingers crossed we'll be able to coordinate our schedules and we'll get another podcast out. And the reason for that is it's also Champions League week, Campbell. Um, it feels like it's just left, to be perfectly
1: honest with you. I don't know about you. It does. I mean... You see it a lot in the men's game as well. We're looking at some champions of their country having to go and start in really early qualifying rounds. And the fact Glasgow City have just been in a quarter final against a Volsburg side that ended up only losing out to Lyon, the fact they are now back within a couple of months playing against a side who, obviously, no disrespect to Pmount United, but it's a side you would look at City as they should obviously be beaten, especially with the tie being at home. So the fact they're having to then start from this first qualifying round, I think, is a bit ridiculous. Maybe that's down to Scotland's coefficient, but that's certainly been improving. Um, But in terms of on the part, I think it's a game they're, they're huge favourites for, obviously, Scott Booth, St Pimentel, treat it as a cup final for them. He compared them to Forford and as you're saying, Forthford played well against them, but ultimately when you're in the game 8-1 and your next opponent is being compared to the side you've just played, you have to look at City's favourites for this, and they'll be hoping to get a long run into the Champions League again, but the fact they've got these qualifiers beforehand, it doesn't really help them, but... The rest made some changes yesterday, the rested some players, and you have to fancy City to be comfortable winners on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, I was watching an interview earlier on today, um, and it was with one of the payment players, and they were very much buying into the underdog status that they'll be coming over with. Um, They're currently top of the Women's National League in Ireland. They've got like a decent squad. They've got a number of Ireland internationals, and we've talked about before how Ireland are one of the, the teams on the rise in Europe in terms of women's football. Um, they've also got Stephanie Roche in their squad, uh, very well known for being another one of these players who have got a Puskas award for scoring a ridiculous goal. Um, and I know she's made a, a strong start to the season, but yeah, it should be comfortable um, for Glasgow City. Um we we were at the press conference today, um, and uh, Scott Booth and Leanne Creighton both shared their views. And um, first of all, I asked Scott about how he feels about having the, the favourite status before asking Leanne how she prepared for a game. Where sometimes it's difficult to kind of get the opposition, and if she does anything different as a player, um, and this is a bits of shit that they both had to say.
4: I can see when you you feel that you're the underdogs. I think um, that that can it can help. I, I, I 100% think it will help P-Mount. I think they they from what I've seen seem to be that type of team that that like to have that that fight. I've watched them play um against their like closest rivals in in games and the the atmosphere and the drive and the intensity to to win from them is clear to see. Um and I just want to make sure that um that our players know that that's what they are going to come and, and do. Is they're going to come and be a, a really hungry side that are going to work r- incredibly hard for each other um, and treat this like a massive cup final are the early underdogs. And um, it's important for us just to remain completely professional and, and focused. And I don't see it as us going in there as, as favourites or we have to play a certain way because we are favourites or whatever that may be. For me, it's just about making sure that the players um, treat the game with the utmost respect um, with p coming here and um, I'm sure they will because the players love playing in the Champions League and it's not difficult to get them up and ready for Champions League matches.
0: In terms of the game uh, coming up on, on Wednesday, um, do you feel more prepared for it when you think back to the, the way you had to prepare for the Wolfsburg game um, back in August? Does it, does it feel a bit more in control?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think we're, we're um, definitely in, in a, a better position. I, I would say a, a much better position than we, we were. Um, obviously we, we've still got one or two players missing. Um, but I think it was really, really tough. It was I think I, I, I went on record and said it was the toughest sort of coaching situation that I, I'd ever experienced in the, those weeks. Prior to um, the Champions League quarter final, and I think I think um, this time around, we've had a bit more time. We've we've been able to um, ease ourselves into it a little bit more. We've got a couple of league games behind us, and uh, we've managed to bed some some newer players in. So yeah, I think we're in a better position.
5: Not too much. Um, I don't have any strange superstitions. Anyway, I think each team. As Scott mentioned, we've been able to get a look at them, which a lot of times in, in Champions League, that can be difficult to actually get hold of any decent footage or match reports and scouting reports in, in various clubs. So this one, we've, we've probably got more than enough information um, and we know what they're capable of. And like any other game, I mean, it, it doesn't take a strong opposition or, or for me even a manager to, to motivate you as a player. I think you need to be ready to do that yourself and, and the team are, you know, very professional the way we go about our business, regardless of whether we are tagged as the um, the favourites or the underdogs. So no, nothing really changes. We'll we've, we've had a look at them. Um, we'll get a better look at them before Wednesday. But we'll expect a tough game because for me, even getting a game against Wolfsburg, I still fancy their chances. And I, I don't mean that, um, you know, to sound daft, but really you don't go into any game of football expecting to either win it or, or lose it. So I think you need to have that same approach regardless of the opposition. And it's one that I'm looking forward to. I mean, any one-off game, I know Scott's likes the idea of the, the two legs, but for me, I think cup finals and one-off games adds that wee bit more excitement as a player. So we'll be up for it. Yeah, I think it will be a really good tie. Um, I know the way we look at it, it, it almost feels like a, a home game in the sense that you, you already feel familiar with the opposition. and. They'll, have, they'll be a group of players that have grown up with very similar experiences to us. Um, I know a couple of the, the girls at Glasgow City that are familiar with them have spoke about that and the type of players that we've looked at and the way that they play and perform. Um, so certainly, I, I think, add a, a bit of spice to it. I mean, if anything, we'll at least be able to understand each other when we're, we're shouting each other on the pitch. So uh, that could be interesting.
0: How how have you found um, being up at Broadway? Now? it's two games, obviously, for, for City. How have you found out there?
5: I've loved it actually. Um, I think it really suits us just now, the way that we're trying to play. Um, Peters Hill, I, I think, also does that at times when, when we play there. Um, and I was probably slightly apprehensive about his moving there, just with being a bigger pitch, but so far, so good. Um, we just need to make it, you know, take advantage of it. I, I think it's a great setup, it's a nice stadium. The weather yesterday probably spoke for itself and makes it a bit trickier for us because the type of team that we are, but we can never control that regardless of, of where we play. Um, But no, it's perfect for us and the girls seem, you know, settled and certainly enjoying it.
0: We're a year and a couple of days removed from the, the game against Bromby that we were talking about earlier on. And I know it's been it's been asked, but I, I think particularly in that night you, you felt this the kind of benefit of having support in the stands. Is it something that, concerns you when you don't have a support or is it something that you just have to think okay they can't watch here I'll help from home kind of deal
5: yeah I think it kind of goes both ways I mean for a player like me I've been in the game when there's not been many fans here at all watching so so I probably motivate myself well enough I know there'll be other players that perhaps are not so used to that but then I've had it on the flip side where I've, I've played in front of lots of fans as well and certainly that does heighten the senses I think as a player um, it makes you a bit more aware of of everything that's going on but for us it I mean you just need to go and do your job we would love the fans to be there especially on the Champions League nights because they're the ones at Glasgow City that are the most special I think the Scottish Cup final last year was probably a game that was as close to that feeling for me over the years um, which was an, an incredible way to end the season and to have the fans there but Listen, there's been streams of the games now there. We know that, that people are still watching. The messages of support are there. We, we know the club is is backed um, in every aspect. We just need to make sure we keep performing and hopefully at some point in the not-so-distant um, future, the fans will be
0: back. Yeah, Campbell, um, as you were saying before, before we heard from Scott and Leanne, uh, they obviously are playing it with a straight bat in terms of respect and making sure they get the job done and, and the kind of usual chat, but I think we are expecting a Glasgow City win. Um, In terms of the, kind of the, the schedule Glasgow City have got, because they've got Champions League and they've got league games as well, they definitely feel like they've got a squad in a far better position. It was, it was one of the other questions I asked Scott about, which was, does he feel more prepared when he compares with Wolfsburg? And I think not just in terms of time, but it certainly feels like Glasgow City, compared with the start of the year and even that pre wolfsburg game where the squad was kind of thrown together a little bit. Obviously, you have a player like Christina Freder who came in for one game and is now back at Apollon. It feels like they're in a far better place to kind of work across multiple fronts, which at the moment this season, they'll be the only team to do that because there's no Scottish Cup and the SWPL Cup might not happen depending on what happens in the world situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've... We know City have had obviously some very good players that have been there the whole way throughout these over the decade-plus dominance, but you're seeing the likes of a win coming in there. Um Janine Van Vyke, who was one who's obviously been injured. So when she comes back, hopefully for some league games eventually later on in the season, the likes of Ava Colville, Lauren Wade, or Colville, sorry, Lauren Wade, uh, Lauren Wade as well. They're all players that are coming in and they're going to improve this this side. Tyler Toland obviously in on loan as well. There's players there and they can make these changes. So it's at this, this first half of the season in particular, I think you'll see that strength and depth really being key for sitting. My only worry for them is seeing obviously Kirsty Howitt, Rachel McLaughlin and Sam Kerr. We're we'll go to Rangers in January and late against Celtic, where they were the players getting the goals. Four of the eight yesterday were also for these players. So that's my only worry. But with the likes of Kieran Mishi to come in, you would imagine City will probably bring more players in to strengthen so that they can continue that fight in the second half. But they certainly do seem a lot more well-prepared. And obviously P-Mount are nowhere near the level of Wolfsburg were at. But City will still take them very seriously. And you'd imagine Scott Booth will be really affirming that point to your side and you have to you have to be professional about it but I think City will know themselves they're huge favourites and they'll be looking to win that game by a few goals
0: Yeah, um, you've also mentioned uh, they're bringing in Keil Miki which we've talked about already they've also announced this week that they were, well, last week because we're doing this on Monday now um, they also announced the signing of uh, Natalie Roberts Robinson from uh, Danish football she was a top goal scorer in Danish second week with, uh, I think she was last with Alborg Um, So yeah, they they are looking and bringing in reinforcements and it seems that that is a continuing plan at the moment for them, which is great to see. And one of the things that um, was mentioned by Scott Bruce today actually was uh, the renewal of contract for Harry Lauder, which I think is a fantastic piece of business for them and the fact that in the wounds game down in Scotland, that is an option to get a player tied down for a couple of years. Um, But Going back to the game, that was a bit of a, a sidetrack that one. But um going back to the game, Campbell, can I get a prediction for you for Wednesday night? Um, games on at BBC Alba at seven o'clock. Um what's what's prediction? Uh
1: seven
0: nil city. Oh, you've gone big. Um I, I'm gonna I'm say you're gonna go nine. Oh, you're gonna go nine? Okay. Um I'm i go with seven. Go with seven. I will say five, one because I don't I don't it's hard to hard to fully know exactly the level of P1 out, and I, I would say they're probably going to be in the in the SWPL level somewhere in that range. So I'm going to say five one, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm planning to be there on Wednesday night, um, hopefully the weather's a little bit kinder than it was on Sunday. But for now, um, Campbell, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing your insight as always.
1: All right, not a bother. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and thank you and nice,
0: yeah, got me <laughs> um, and, uh, thank you very much for listening as always please go and have a look at the website we're starting to fire up a bit more a few more articles um just around the games that we are at and obviously subscribe to the podcast all the usual places but for now thank you very much for listening stay safe and we'll speak again soon